Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Expeditors Podcast, where you can hear about front of my topics in the logistics and freight forwarding industry through the lens of a global logistics provider. I'm your host, Chris Parker, and today we'll be continuing the visibility conversation, focusing on the planning side of things. Uh, before technology brought efficiency and connectivity, what was it like to secure capacity with ocean carriers? What were the pitfalls? And what does it look like now? What's on the horizon that pushes logistics that much further into the digital age? To talk about this today, I have Stacey Alalum-Clark, Senior Manager of Carrier Allocation, which is part of our new business unit, Digital Solutions. Stacey, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Chris. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, You know, it's been an interesting year and a half um, for our industry and all of us personally. So, you know, trying to roll with the punches. Yeah. I'm really excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And given that it's been such an interesting year and a half, what have you done uh, at home or with friends to kind of power through this? Any new skills you've picked up? Are you, are you finding a surprising talent that you never thought you had? Um, surprising talent of... Um, Count, counting the ceiling tiles? Or- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm becoming very uh, OCD about my house. Oh. You know? I have more time. I'm like, oh, that's out of place. No, no, no. <laughs> You're running I'm a tight actually, ship at home now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have two sons that came back from college. So that mm. was interesting to um, go through emptiness, have them return, and now go through it again. <laughs> and, and make sure that they know all the rules now. There are new rules. There's new order. And, yes. Uh, and you will abide. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I'd love to get a a little bit of background on you. Um, Would you walk me through your time at Expeditors and before? Sure, sure. Yeah, Um, I actually uh, started with Expeditors right out of college um, with the Seattle branch, Uh, did many things from accounts receivable to uh, managing an ocean desk brokerage. Um, And then I actually was the first, what I would say, IS liaison, right, that Mm -hmm. worked with our import offices and our IS departments. That was way, way back uh, in the day. And then um, I took a seven-year sabbatical to start a family and lucky enough to come back to Expeditors and started with their other digital solutions offering TradeFlow, mm-hmm. managing that project and that application for about 10 and a half years. Mm-hmm. And now um, with carrier allocation. So collectively, if I didn't take that um, hiatus, <laughs> would have been with Expeditors nearly uh, 30 years. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, yeah. So for right yeah. now, carrier allocation, what is that? And what do you do as senior manager? So carrier allocation is our uh, software as a service application to help beneficial cargo owners, right? Mm -hmm. Those importers and exporters that are signing direct ocean contracts with steamship lines. It's an application that allows them to automate their capacity planning, Mm -hmm. their forecasting and allocations with their ocean carriers. It allows them to secure capacity weeks in advance of the actual booking. So they have that secured capacity when they go to make the booking. There isn't any issues, right? They've, they've secured it with, the, with their ocean carriers. So they don't have to do it individually or reach out to their carriers. This, this software effectively has their preferred carriers uh, in this environment. And then they get to say, I have this much stuff I need to move. And that gets automatically allocated or kind of... Um, I mean, allocation, right? (laughs) To to their respective carriers and stuff, like whoever has the best space and whatnot. 
exactly. It's taking in the various components that are used to create this this forecast, right, mm-hmm. to the carriers. It's taking in um, customers' orders that has information such as the origin and destination, how much volume that they're going to be shipping, mm-hmm. and when those goods need to be at destination, right? It's taking in uh, carrier vessel schedules and digitizing all of that so we can leverage technology to create this optimized plan. Yeah. The key uh, with carrier allocation as an application is it's comprised of, of highly configurable business rules. Okay. So customers are able to configure the system and the tool exactly how they want to manage their forecasting and allocation process, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So they can create that optimal plan to ensure that their goods are going to find that optimal sailing with their ocean carriers and be able to make that requested delivery date at destination. What the platform is then able to do because it becomes this centralized, a single platform that they can collaborate with their other stakeholders in this process, right? Mm -hmm. the ocean carriers, uh, their ocean consolidators, and their vendors. All right. So what about this service ties really well to your interests? Like, why is carrier allocation really cool to you? Um, I think what really has interested me as I've returned, you know, now 16 years later, (laughs) working in this this digital space, right? Mm. It's leveraging technology to help our customers solve a problem. Sure. Right. It's being able to kind of dabble in in, in the techie side. Right. At a little bit. You know, I can't code or anything, but kind of uh, being able to work in that in that environment, but then also to bridge it with our customers needs mm-hmm. and that whole business aspect still still interacting with the business, helping them solve problems. I like combining those those two worlds together. Yeah. Absolutely. Very cool. You're not just in one space or another. You're kind of you're in between there and and seeing the whole the big picture, it sounds like. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if you can give a little insight to another big picture that I'm looking for. Um, I just saw an image of the (laughs) the port of Shanghai with what looked like an exorbitant amount of dots hanging around. And I saw that each of those dots represented a ship that is waiting right now to either pick up cargo, drop it off. What is going on in the ocean world right now? Yeah, it's it's crazy, isn't it? It's yeah. like it, it, I think there's supposed to be blue water there. Yeah. <laughs> but now all I'm seeing are green dots. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, you know, uh, I think our industry, you know, there's always been instant incidents, right? Uh, whether it's the Suez Canal mm-hmm. or, you know, typhoons, etc. There's always incidents that we have to navigate through. Yeah. Um, what's been interesting, I think, with the pandemic is it's unique in its duration, right? It's just persisted and continues to persist. Mm -hmm. And it's affected uh, across all aspects of logistics, right? It's not, it hasn't just affected a single mode of transportation, a single region, or even a single industry, right? It's given us all quite the lesson on the basics of economics of supply and demand, right? Demand is currently outpacing uh, supply significantly. And particularly as it relates to ocean, pandemic has had a cascading effect Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. on on the ocean industry. Um, It started with the lockdown, right? And we had this growing bent up uh, building of demand. And then as suppliers and manufacturers um, emerged from the lockdown, uh, there was a surge in trade, 
right? And so we started to see congestion at the destination ports uh, start to build, which then created delays with vessels and equipment being repositioned back at Origins, Mm -hmm. right, to pick up more freight and continue that rotation. So then that cascaded into uh, building a backlogs of goods at Origins, right? Mm -hmm. All while demand keeps growing at an all-time high. So we kind of had this kind of cyclical thing going on right now where there's congestion at destination, which is then creating backlog at the origins. Ships are getting back to origin, but there's so much congestion to unload and reload them. It's just, um, it's a tough market right now. It's it's affecting, you know, all of the stakeholders in the process, right? Mm-hmm. And it's affecting, you know, the beneficial cargo owners, our customers on how they uh, manage their supply chain. Mm-hmm. And particularly relative to carry allocation around the planning activity, right? Mm -hmm. That they're getting their capacity that they've contracted with their carriers at their contracted rates, right? Mm -hmm. And that the carriers are meeting their commitments to that capacity. Absolutely. And there's a number of milestones that are coming up or just really big events that happen every year, right? These are events that aren't new we've got you know like in the u.s we have black friday i think i think uh friends day is in china right and and there's going to be the holiday season of course like Mm -hmm. there are things coming up uh this year how could the upcoming holiday season differ from past years as a result of this uh shortage of capacity yeah it's a particularly stressful time for retailers right um Historically, the holiday season, um, there's the increase of demand and, uh, you know, for that capacity. But this year, you know, as we've talked about, it's going to be particularly stressful because of demand being so high in the current market conditions. As I mentioned, you know, importers are are battling a backlog at the origins um, Mm -hmm. just to get general inventory of their goods Mm -hmm. to to destinations. Uh, And obviously, with the holiday season, uh, the demand, not just for their general inventory of merchandise is increasing, but they also have specific holiday items, right? Right. Your artificial trees, your Christmas lights, wrapping paper, right? So importers are having to make decisions about which orders they're going to prioritize to ship. There's a finite amount of capacity. And so they're they're having to decide which orders are we shipping. They're pushing priority ship dates up. Yeah. They're having to look at alternatives um, to their standard ocean shipping and contracts, right? Do they have to pivot and change uh, modes? They're having to negotiate additional premium contracts with carriers. Okay, yeah. And even find alternative routings, charters. Or if their commodities can support moving via non-traditional vessels, can they book with break bulk ships? Okay, yeah. So they're having to not only make more decisions, but make new types of decisions. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Kind of makes me think of, you know, like when I'm driving in traffic uh, in gridlock and a lane opens up and then I think I, that's the new fast lane. I switch lanes and now everyone else has switched lanes into that one. And now I'm in the slow lane again. Yeah. It's, like, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which, which um, part of the, this whole equation is, is visibility, right? Totally, yeah. Right? Customers, um, importers, exporters, they, they want visibility and they want that visibility to be further upstream mm-hmm. because they want to be able to make informed decisions, mm-hmm. have time to investigate alternatives, have the ability to, to scenario play and be able to make informed decisions and pivot if necessary. 
So I, I talked specifically to the holiday season. Are there other things that uh, shippers uh, find themselves having to prepare for um, within the next year? Yeah, definitely. Um, they're they're having tough internal conversations, right? They're they're huddling with their their demand planners and the mm-hmm. marketing trying to understand how they're going to move through the remainder of the year and, and into next year, yeah. how are they going to structure their contracts uh, in the following year? Uh, they're having tough conversations with their carriers, right? They're meeting with their carriers weekly, trying to ensure that their carriers are meeting their commitments, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They're, ha- they're trying to find different ways to gain visibility of what's coming down the pike to make these decisions. And like I mentioned before, for being able to scenario play to determine um, alternatives. You mentioned forecasting and planning, and that's what kind of uh, carrier allocation helps out with. But before, uh, outside of carrier allocation, what did forecasting look like? What does capacity planning look like? How is it usually done? Yeah, capacity planning, um, and I've interchangeably used the word forecasting, right, mm-hmm. is the practice of um, where importers and exporters were planning in advance for the capacity needs, mm-hmm. right? They want to be able to tell their carriers a forecast of capacity they will need ahead of time to ensure that they have the space when it's time to book and move those goods, mm-hmm. right? Uh, specific to forecasting for ocean, we're talking about those beneficial cargo owners, right? that are signing those direct contracts with the carriers. They're wanting that consistent, reliable access to capacity mm-hmm. at their contracted rates and then be able to trend on performance. But it's also involves the ocean consolidators wanting to have visibility to their upcoming workload. Yeah. Um, what is the volume that they're going to have to execute it against? Not just for this customer, but for all their customers, right? Correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. And the BCOs, um, shippers and vendors, right? They want to have visibility to which orders they're having to ship and mm-hmm. when. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the carriers, the steamship lines, they want the visibility to capacity needs far enough in advance that they can actually plan for that capacity. Historically, how was that handled? Yeah, it was a very manual uh, <laughs> A lot of phone process. calls. <laughs> yeah, a lot of phone calls. You know, it was really... Um, the process was historically based on trend data, right? Okay. Um, and it was very manual. Importers and exporters were using, again, this historical trend data and spreadsheets and running calculations to create a projected current forecast. Mm-hmm. They were then distributing these emails to all of their carriers. Carriers were having to respond to these emails, accepting and rejecting volume, right? Then the the customer, the importers and exporters were having to then read through all of these emails and decipher within the message, how much volume was actually accepted? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, How much volume do I need to mitigate and find a a home for still and and do this all all before the time of booking? So it was very cumbersome um, and not a very sustainable process. Why did it take so long for this process to get digitized that sounds like a headache right like i wouldn't this have been digitized much earlier than than 2021 or maybe it has been i don't know like like when did this start changing this started changing with carry allocation right (laughs) right i think there was always consensus within the industry that this problem space it was broken Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and we expediters definitely you know heard this from our customers and we took it as an opportunity right? To be able to deliver 
a solution to our customers to meet a market need. So we created carry allocation, Mm -hmm. right? It's a systemic solution that, as I mentioned, allows our customers, those beneficial cargo owners to automate this process, streamline it, and be able to help their stakeholders become more organized around the process. Right, right. right. Absolutely. And be able Uh, to collaborate much easier. With this more manual analog process, what were some of the realizations of uh, from shippers uh, through this? They really needed to gain more control over the process, mm-hmm. right? They needed a way that it could sustain um, through their growth, mm-hmm. right? And they needed a way that it was easier to interact with their carriers and get those commitments mm-hmm. and be able mm-hmm. to gather those commitments and be able to leverage that data to create metrics to help them identify where they could optimize, right? Where is their fall down that we can learn and optimize? So then how do you think technology can be leveraged to help all stakeholders involved? When we're talking about this particular problem space um, Mm -hmm. in the ocean market around capacity planning, I think it really comes down to a few key points, right? It's around efficiency, time, and visibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The ability for customers to leverage that technology to provide that uh, systemic process to gain that efficiency, right? Uh, To leverage that technology to take away all that complex and cumbersome manual manipulation of spreadsheet and emails Mm -hmm. and provide that automated solution that uh, systemically highlights and allows customers to focus on the exceptions. It's a single portal that allows the customers and their stakeholders to execute on the customer's plan. The customer is able to gain control and be able to distribute that plan as one version. Yeah. Absolutely. To all of their to all of their carriers, and then they're able to leverage that technology to then take all of that rich data mm-hmm. um, that we've collected and build those that visibility into their supply chain. Right, they're able to gain insight. What can they learn from the data? Where there's opportunities, and be able to really gain that actionable intelligence. I've highlighted those exceptions. What action do I need to take? So you bring up exceptions. And the the fact that customers can learn from their data has me asking kind of two questions here. What can a shipper focus on um, once their capacity planning is figured out? But also, what do they learn? What do they stand to learn from this data that is um, that they're collecting? Carrier allocation is going to help them be more efficient with that whole allocation process, right? The application is going to do what it needs to do. It's going to create that optimal plan that forecast to the carriers. It's going to facilitate, you know, the carriers responding. Uh, it establishes that weekly cadence and then it allows them that time that they can focus um, on sh- other strategic areas. But in addition to the tool actually optimizing that whole process, mm-hmm. the data is providing them a lot of insight into their supply chain. Mm-hmm. And again, you we talked about being able to manage that exceptions. But because we we have all of this plan data, we're also can gather as ship data. And that provides another level of insight into their supply chain. Mm-hmm. Right. We know how things planned. Uh, we know how things moved. Where are there areas that we can share this information to help 
make our supply chain even more efficient. So for example, we've created this optimal plan data. We share that with the origins Mm -hmm. and and our ocean consolidators. We've planned optimally. Now we want our, our origins and our ocean consolidators to book as planned. We can also share that plan even downstream with their DCs and their warehouses. So now weeks in advance, they can now start planning off. They know how many truckers they're going to have to schedule. Mm -hmm. how many chassis they're going to need, how much labor resources they will need and be able to run their warehouses to capacity. The the data that is gained through this process can really help build a supply chain that's very lean and very precise, right? We know how much we've planned. We've secured the capacity. We've moved that and we know how much capacity we're going to have at destination and Mm -hmm. when. So things can be very... um, synchronized. With disruptions that we're seeing, the tools allows for that flexibility and that agility. They can move with the market conditions and still manage the flow of their goods. For example, one of the business rules that we have in carry allocation is around arrival windows. And we create these arrival windows to identify that optimal sailing to ensure the goods are arriving at the right place at the right time. And at, at destination, we can be very precise because some ports tend to be free-flowing. Some typically can be congested. Take LA Long Beach, for example, historically congested. And and as we talked about earlier, as the pandemic unfolded, it became more and more congested, right? So customers were able to go into the application, broaden that arrival window to take in that extra time and still find that optimal sailing to ensure whether it was going into LA Long Beach, it was still going to meet that requested delivery date. As things get better and congestion maybe decreases, Customers can go right in and adjust those right. arrival lot, windows again. Be a lot right? more targeted. So, and specific. Yeah, yeah, we can move with the market conditions. Yeah. Uh, and that has been highly valuable for customers to be able to navigate the chaos. It's incredible. Just <laughs> where does this box go has incredible ripples out, out, out of it, right? <laughs> you know, like there's a lot that can get a lot of decisions after that decision is made that can get figured out once you know where you can put that box. And it sounds like that, uh, that has a ton of impact for sure. Yeah, everything starts with the planning. And yeah. if you can do that optimally and execute that, you know, that's great. Yeah. Um, and when there are disruptions, to be able to have that flexibility mm-hmm. um, to adjust uh, to that market condition, that makes customers much more agile and resilient. I know words that we're hearing a lot in our industry, but they're important, yeah. right? To be able to respond quickly mm-hmm. and uh, with agility and ease. Uh, closing question here. What do you feel shippers should be doing today given the state of the industry? Like, what can they do now? What, what questions can they be asking themselves? Or what can they be thinking about in order to increase their visibility, in order to plan strongly? I think this is um, an opportune time for customers to consider technology yeah. and how technology can help them navigate, help them plan better. And so if they're asking themselves, how can I get out of this manual time-consuming process to capture capacity with my carriers? If they're asking themselves, how do I manage my carrier commitments? Uh, How do I, I I can't do this any longer via emails, 
And how can I navigate all of these disruptions with more agility and ease? I think those are questions customers are probably asking themselves. They should look to technology and, you know, carrier allocation can help them solve for those things. It is the only software as a service tool out there that not only can manage that forecasting process, Mm -hmm. but can then leverage the data to provide them insight to their supply chain, marrying up how they're planning and how they're moving. Well, Stacey, thank you so much for your time and uh, talking me through this. Uh, let's hope that <laughs> the ocean world gets a lot better because I know that uh, it's, they've got definitely some tough times ahead of them uh, for sure. Yeah, we've, you know, Santa Claus is coming. We've got to help him. <laughs> yeah, we, we absolutely do. You hear that, kids? We're, we're trying our hardest out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stacey, if people wanted to get into contact with you to either learn more about carry allocation or your thoughts around uh, this capacity planning problem here, uh, where can they find you? How can they get in contact? I can be found here at Expediters at our corporate office. Um, they can email me uh, at stacy.allm-clark at expediters.com, or they can find me on LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, I hope that they all do. And Stacy, again, thank you for your time. I hope you take care. You too. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you've got questions or want to learn more about today's topic, check out the show notes for more information. And before you go, make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast app you're using so you won't miss the next episode. To learn more about Expediters, you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or simply visit us at expediters.com. Take care, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.